Happy Easter and welcome to episode 57 of the Quarter 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Breedlove, and I get to do this podcast with my beautiful wife, Lisa. Hey. Hello, everyone. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Spencer. So our core purpose, the keyword core purpose, is threefold. Our core purpose is to inform your mind, inspire your heart, and ignite your joy. And here on the podcast, we're going to talk about things that will either make you think, laugh, or cry, sometimes all three. We're going to talk about our struggles, our pain points, our joys. We're going to talk about life and marriage and how you can remain strong through some very difficult times in your own lives. So wherever you are today, we encourage you to join in the conversation by sharing this podcast on your socials or with your friends and families by text. So uh, certainly appreciate uh, you guys doing that. Matter of fact, um, we have a couple of people that I want to mention that have left us some nice comments. Yes, recently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So our good friend and strength coach, Mm -hmm. Lexi, uh, she wanted she shared with us something uh, on our Instagram and uh she uh, she said, I'm dying over the fact that you thought people consume 38 eggs a day. <laughs> Going back to last week's. Thank you, Lexi. <laughs> Going back to last week's. Yes. Uh, uh, 14,000. We did number? get quite a few comments oh on my that. Gosh. Of I got. How poorly. I, I was you way chose. off. Yeah. I was way <laughs> off. Well, what was really cool about what, what Lexi was saying after listening to the podcast and sharing that with her, uh, one of her. Uh, aunts. She uh, she said, we are very inspired by your podcast and plan to start a blog together mm-hmm. to share our testimony. Mm-hmm. I've, all, I've been wanting to do that anyway, since I'm a young woman navigating life without a mom. I would I like to think I could bring some peace to those who are going through the same thing. I just want to share how good God is and how he has utterly carried me through some very dark times. Big thanks to you and Lisa for being vulnerable in these podcasts and sharing your story. It's seriously inspiring me to do the same. And uh, so, Lexi, we're proud of you. Yes, we are. And uh, you go and you do that. And, and that's why that we story. do this. Absolutely. Yeah. It's inspiring. Yeah. You know, it. if you've been inspired to go and do this very same we thing, want to hear those stories. either in written format or in verbal format, um, you go and do that. And uh, so, so shortly after that, I was like, hey, maybe you should be a guest on our podcast. So she hopefully we're going to have Lexi on the podcast yeah. pretty soon. Um, and then the other one is our friend Kristen and Kristen um, she uh, she says this she says I'm a few weeks behind but your message on embracing failure spoke volumes I'm in a very busy season in life where God has put me on a path that's somewhat uncomfortable and hard where I'm failing left and right but you reminded me to use it to grow instead of grumble Failure is truly a huge part of trying and growing. And without failing, I don't think it's possible to realize mm-hmm. your full potential. And uh, Kristen, uh, amen to that, sister. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for your comments and, uh, and, and support of, 
our podcast and um, just keep failing forward, keep growing and not grumbling. Yep. So those are a couple nice comments that we've received here recently on the podcast. Yes, and that encourages us to. It really does. Keep doing this. Keep doing what we're doing. So. All right. You got our question of the day? Sure. Okay. So. You sound so excited about that. This is Easter Sunday. It is Easter Sunday. Yes. And we're broadcasting from. Hilton Head Island. Hilton Head Island today. South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yes, I did have some Easter questions again. I'm I'm hoping that you'll be a little bit better at your better at what? guesses oh. this week. We're going to oh. give you another try. Listen. I said I was done, but I'm going to give you another try. Well, I told my buddy Will. I told my buddy, I said, uh-huh. listen. I said I was a little off. He made I got, fun of you. Oh, yeah. Everybody made yeah. fun of me. I on know. This. It was great. But I was accounting for the people that oh, don't normally goodness. eat eggs. And you made it more? Oh, and, we and I missed a number. The people that though. do eat. Yeah. Eat more to make up for the what, yeah, vegans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Okay. You went whatever. There. Whatever. Sorry. No. Okay. Anyway. All, All right. right. What's the question so, today? Well, just kind of, again, informative. Easter always falls between what two dates? Because, you know, it's not always the same date. It is always Correct. a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Do you know always what it falls between? Do I know what it falls between in terms of the dates? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could roughly. It would be like. The last Sunday in March and the second Sunday in April? Mm, or maybe the third, third of April. Sunday of April. Yeah. So it's like March 22nd to April 25th. It yeah. will always fall between those two. And days. it has something to do mm-hmm. with the 40 days of yes. after. Well, and it goes back to the calendar. The calendar. Yes. Was it 40 days after? You don't know? I'm not sure. I'd have to do some research. It's okay. On that, you but. can flaunt your lack of knowledge. I, I don't know. It's okay to say, I don't know. <laughs> okay, It's okay Mr. that you are not. Another question. That you're not a know-it-all. About. So about. this, I tell my kids, that's a clue about. word for estimating. estimating. So you're just kind of getting a rough ballpark. I like to estimate. About how many chocolate bunnies are produced each year. You're gonna, you're gonna let me redeem myself. On this. <laughs> I'm trying. Chocolate bunnies. Think of all those egg hunts and those eggs they have to fit. Chocolate bunnies. And you know that there's a lot of chocolate bunnies out there. So the question is, how many uh-huh. chocolate bunnies are produced mm-hmm. in America? Yeah, it didn't say anybody ate all of them because some of them obviously melted and probably got smushed and. I have to admit, I've thrown some away sometimes. It's got too How much many chocolate bunnies are produced are every produced year? For every Easter. year for and Easter. I'm guessing this is worldwide. I'm sure it is. Well, let's just it's say, a high number. Let's just say that okay, if there's eight billion people in the world, yes, then I'm going to say. Let's yeah, just go half. On a let's, good, yeah, you're. Let's just go half. Let's just go four billion. Four, four billion. Four billion. Oh no, I thought you were going to double it. Like everybody got two bunnies. Oh, did I go the other direction? No, huh? I'm, I'm not going 
double. Oh, okay. No, I'm not going. Not, <laughs> okay, okay. No, I'm, I'm a ninety million chocolate bunnies. Oh, well then, f- ninety million chocolate bunnies. Okay, that's a lot. Well, I said four billion. Yeah, I went half of the world's population. Yeah. So I'm way over. Yeah, again. you're still over, but that's okay. That, that I really didn't expect anybody to know that. Ninety million, 90 million chocolate, chocolate bunnies. Rats. That has that has to be in America. That can't it just be worldwide. Maybe it is. I don't know. I didn't. Sorry, I didn't go that deep in my research. Okay, how about this though? We have had these in our house, and. I watch as the jar dwindles and dwindles. And I know I'm only eating like Jelly one or two. Yeah, you knew it, didn't you? Jelly you and your beans. dad. It's like kryptonite to y'all. They are. Yeah. They're How so many good. jelly beans? Now, this one is Americans. How many jelly beans do Americans consume every Easter? So for a that's a time period of a couple of weeks, Easter time. How many jelly beans do Americans consume? That's a high number. That's a high, 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 high number. Got to be. What do you think? Um, Y'all just eat them <clears> by the handfuls. I, I, I have to eat each flavor separately. I don't know. What's the population up. in America? You know what the population no, is in America? I don't. Just guess. It's just mm. supposed to be fun. I'm going to say... It's less than the bunnies. Well, I figured it would yeah. be less than 90 yeah. million. 90 mil- it's less than 90 million. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 60 million. Oh, you're still really high. Well, I aim Remember, high. jelly beans are little. I aim high. 16 million jelly beans are consumed in that America. really high. Every Easter, yeah. 16 million jelly beans. Mm. I wonder how much sugar that is. That's a lot That's of sugar. That's a lot of sugar. That's, That's a, a lot of sugar. Show enough. What's your favorite jelly bean? I see. I like the watermelon and the, I don't like the regular. I like the Starburst flavors. jelly beans. Yeah. Those, those are, are good. Those are good. Jolly Rancher ones are even better. Yeah, Jolly Rancher better. jelly beans are good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I thought this was interesting too. And doing a little research, like I've always found it kind of amusing that a rabbit is what delivers the treats yeah. on Easter for uh-huh. you. Yeah, whatever. Where did that come from? I don't. Well, I do know the story, but that, I'm not talking about that right now. So anyway, I wanted you know to know, story? do they do that everywhere? And they don't. So in Westphalia, Germany, do you know what animal? Brings treats and goodies in eggs to children. In Germany? Mm-hmm. Gosh, I have no idea. A fox. <laughs> yeah. What does the fox, fox say? I know. I was like, a fox? What does fox the fox is bring? sneaky and usually not like a good animal. I mean, That's bunnies are like sweet little. Bunnies are prey. Foxes, I know. That's what I'm saying. Predators. That's the sweet animal. A, a predator? The bunny is the sweet animal that we have. Oh, I know that. In but, the U.S. But the fox is not. So the Germans yeah. have predators mm. that bring sweet treats and candies. Maybe it's and, a trick. Maybe it's gosh, more like Halloween. I don't know. Scary. Isn't that weird? Why a fox? I don't know. But in Switzerland, the cuckoo bird. 
which I think makes the most sense. Eggs come from birds. The cuckoo bird brings eggs. Hmm. Treats for the children. I'm still hung that up one on makes box. Sense. I know. I was very shocked at that one, and I couldn't find other any other countries. That is really that really weird. Things. Yeah, and that's strange. So I guess, I guess the bunny's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Those are some um, pretty interesting questions. Talking about I don't think I'm going to get Easter. thrown under the bus, though. No, you're not. not it much. was fine. That was just discussion, honey, and just some fact, fun facts. Fun facts. Fun Easter facts. Yeah. Hmm. Did you eat a chocolate bunny this year? Uh, I ate part of a chocolate bunny this year. That mm. was the little chocolate marshmallow bunny. That Okay, that's what I like. I was going to say, I don't like just solid chocolate bunnies but a marshmallow no i'm not a huge marshmallow i love them uh fan i mean i like marshmallows but they gotta be burnt pam duke from stills magnolia makes the best i gotta delicious i I gotta have um i gotta have like s'mores or something like that in it yeah yeah now i might eat a dark chocolate bunny but i still don't like the solid ones i like those hollow where you can Break the pieces. My bunny's got to have some peanut butter in it. Yeah, you do like the peanut butter bunnies. It's got to be the peanut butter. Well, you no ate plenty of jelly beans out of those 16 million. Yeah. I didn't okay. That much. <laughs> uh, bringing it back to Easter and the spiritual aspect of mm-hmm. Easter. Um, I really like the question that you, you wrote today out to our small group. And you said, yeah. you know, hey, guys, could you imagine if you were one of those that were resurrected? Well, it's interesting that oh, did you, were you I finished? didn't finish. Oh, I'm sorry. The, yeah. At the. Yeah. OK. At, go ahead. Finish. No, go ahead. You go ahead. No, and no, you no. could read the scripture. No, 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 no. Go. Go finish. No, I'm finished. You finished? Yes. OK. I didn't mean to interrupt. It's that okay. was my bad. It's OK. So the story is, is that when when the veil was ripped. Yes, in the temple. So the veil was in the temple, and it was there positioned uh, only for the priest to go behind the veil to have uh, that face-to-face encounter with. Intercession. With, an intercession yes. with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you, there was only certain people that could go behind that mm-hmm. curtain. And so, only at certain times of the year. And only at certain times of the year, okay, correct. It's very... So at this time of the year, the veil is ripped when Jesus mm-hmm. dies mm-hmm. on the cross. The veil is ripped, giving access or displaying access that we all now have to the Father. Mm-hmm. But in that passage of Scripture, in that same passage where it talks about the veil was ripped, it says that tombs were opened. opened. Mm-hmm. Didn't say anything else about what was going on with the tombs, but the tombs were opened. So Jesus dies and enters hell itself, basically enters hell itself. But when he does, it's like these tombs break open. Like other stones were rolled away. Yes. Or they're just yes. open. Uh-huh. Now, that's weird in and of itself. Sure. Just to think about that. But 
three days on the third day when mm-hmm. Jesus comes back from the dead, mm-hmm. these people that were in those tombs that had been dead for who knows how long, they come back to life and they walk around. It says they were seen by many. seen by many people. Uh-huh. Hey, wait, is that Joe over there? Joe's been dead for 15 years. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine that? No. And like you said, what if you were that person? What would your life be Did like? You've come out of the grave. Yeah. But really, in your point to that, was that's how we should live. Every day. Get out of the grave clothes. Mm-hmm. Get up out of the grave. Quit laying there like you're defeated. Right. Because we're not. We have victory in Christ. We have, uh, we've been resurrected. Yes. We have been. We have crossed from death to life. Yes. And we should live like that. 100%. Yes. So imagine being dead physically I, and then coming back to life. I Yeah. I don't think our minds can fathom that. And that people have. I mean, that people see you. Imagine what that conversation would be like. Your family and like, yeah, your loved ones and. You're catching up on everybody, number one. But then, yeah, think of the time you've missed. But then, as a dead person, you know, I mean, the body, the the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So there is a time, I mean, if you're dead, but you are a, you're dead in Christ, you're a follower of Jesus, you're more alive then than you ever were here. Mm -hmm. So to come back here, maybe even some of them are like, man. I had to come back. No. <laughs> you know? I think I might think that for but a moment. Imagine. The and then how long did said. they live after that? Then? I know. I just would like to know the rest of the story. Uh, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah. yeah, tell me about that. Yeah. Wow. But to come back from the dead, what are the conversations and how would you live your life differently? Mm-hmm. Just saying. Mm. I also loved what our pastor talked about in the for the Easter service of reflexes. And he pointed out three reflexes from the empty tomb when they went at the first of the week on the third day and Jesus had risen, but used three different examples of Peter and John going to the tomb. Um, And that was one, Peter and John, the two disciples, then Mary Magdalene, and then Thomas, one of the other disciples, and just the responses that they had to the empty tomb and, and really asking us to reflect, where do you sit? Do you sit, you know, like Peter kind of still hung up in your guilt and your shame? And how how is he going to accept me? And, and am I truly loved and forgiven? And the answer is overwhelmingly yes. Mm-hmm. And how Jesus completely restored Peter, um, you know, and, and that beautiful exchange. Peter had denied him three times and, and Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? And, you know, I think it was to get Peter to realize, okay. I am forgiven. Mm-hmm. And then Mary Magdalene, um, a woman that had been demon possessed, had been used and abused mm-hmm. most of her life up until the point that she met Jesus. 
And when she met Jesus, her life was forever changed. And she lived that way. And um, her her response there at the tomb was, you know, even to who she thought was the gardener, which was actually Jesus himself, you know, she's begging and pleading, you better tell me where he is. You tell me right now, because I've got to go find this body and take care of him. He's my Lord. Not even realizing she's talking to Jesus, but it was that passion, um, that passionate love for her Savior. And then Thomas and, you know, are you in the, the doubting and the questioning still? Is he really Lord? Is he who he says he is? And do I trust him with my life? I thought those were really good to mm-hmm. reflect upon. And I want to live in the, the passionate pursuit of him. Mm. That's where I want to be. Good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, it was a great message. It was. It's it was been a, a good weekend. It was definitely a unique Easter message. Yeah. Hadn't really heard of it. Heard no, I liked message. the take on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that. It was mm-hmm. really powerful. Mm-hmm. Poignant. Very. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yep. But we did. We, we started uh, a spring break earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And I visited with some family in Greenville. Mm-hmm. That was just a sweet time to be with them. And were, was around the house a little bit. Um, we've got to did something some with your mom. Together. Did something with my best friend. Mm-hmm. We've been together. I've been with Elizabeth. Then we did have, um, you know, our Good Friday services, and then you and I headed for a quick trip. Yep, we were we were we were supposed to go <laughs> camping. And we were. That was the plan. That was the plan, and we were going to take with all the kids and uh, mm-hmm. people with us. But yeah. with the weather, uh, the way that it worked out, it just what a good down. idea! No, it wasn't going to be yeah. good between between the rain and the wind and the cold. Yeah. Um, no, that wasn't going to work. So we postponed that. We'll do that later. So our our plan B uh, quickly uh, came up really quick, and it was like, all right, <laughs> yeah, let's do this. And uh, so we hopped in the truck and drove on down. You drove us, thank you. Drove on down to yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> drove on down here to Hilton Head, and uh, now we're We've wrapping enjoyed. up wrapping up the podcast, and yeah. we're going to head home here in a little bit. We've enjoyed some uh, excellent relaxing food. time, delicious food oh, at different places. Awesome. I've seen the water, looked out at yes. water and marshes and boats and. Um, Things that make me happy. Right. Smelled. Sea mm-hmm. air. Mm-hmm. Um, breeze blowing through the palm trees, mm-hmm. which I love that sound as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been really, really good. That's good. Really good. That's Great good. ending to us to a good spring break. Awesome. So today we're going to be talking about your core purpose and knowing yes. your core purpose. You want to dive into that? Yes. You know, ultimately, we're all created for one purpose, um, and that's in Ephesians. You can find the verse, and it's to please the Lord, that we bring honor and glory to the Lord. That's our eternal purpose 
for each of us Everybody. in this life that we walk here on earth. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I know that's that sounds super simple, but if if you can just simplify it to that, it really there's freedom in that. And I think direction and a, and a focus that you can get from that, <clears throat> you know, because a lot I think. Maybe we overcomplicate it sometimes if I gotta well, figure out we, my purpose in life. Well, if we just ask the question. Yes, every before, day. Bef well, before we make any decisions. Yes. In this life. Mm -hmm. If we just ask the question, does this please the Lord? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, then don't do it. Yeah. If it does, then go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if it pleases the Lord and it glorifies Him, there ain't nothing wrong with it. Right. There's nothing wrong with it. And when you're following the Lord, you're going to be going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. That's true. Without fail. So we say that our purpose is to bring honor and glory to Him and asking that question. And that looks different, though, for each of us in how that purpose is fleshed out in the daily rhythms of each of our lives, whether it's in our marriage, whether it's in our family relationships, whether it's in our career, um, our church, our community, all of those things. Um, it's going to look different for each of us, but we want to propose that, yeah, you need to kind of solidify your specific purpose. Mm -hmm. Why do you exist? And, you know, I think... You brought this to my attention. So, Spencer, do you want to kind of just unpack that a little bit about finding a, your core purpose and how I think that's really helped you lately in your journey? Well, mine goes back to when my friend Kevin and I would, uh, after working out, we'd go grab some mm -hmm. coffee mm -hmm. and he and I have a great iron sharpening iron relationship uh, and he started unpacking for me some things uh, that he had been through and had unpacked his uh, his life uh, plan, going through some life planning mm -hmm. and what his ultimate purpose is. And we started looking at mine and he started asking me questions about my core purpose and things like that. And I'm like, well... I don't really have anything written down. Um, I had dabbled in some of that before, but never really gotten serious about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew that ultimately uh, I wanted to help people live life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. Now that comes straight from John 10, 10, where Jesus says the thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy, but I've come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. So when I say, you know, I want to help people, um, live life to the fullest it comes straight from that particular passage of scripture yes. but the more that i have become aware of who i am as a as a leader as a husband as a father as a, a minister as a friend other people um there as i've gone through taking some those some of those personality assessments and becoming a little bit more aware of of who I am and who God has created me to be. Um, it has helped me to unpack um, what my ultimate 
what my core purpose is and how that's helped me in my own journey um, in life, in my own, you know, leadership journey, uh, family journey, you know, I mean, holistically, it's helped me um, in in that, in, in life. It so really under has. the umbrella of glorifying God, mm-hmm. then you're saying it's important to specifically um, like recognize it and even write it down mm-hmm. what your core purpose is, meaning how are you going to glorify God in your everyday yeah, life? Exactly. Okay. How are you going to do this? Okay. And that's what, that's what we came up with. That's mm-hmm. what, as, as I would write mm-hmm. it down and refine it and mm-hmm. work on it. Uh, these are some questions that I had mm-hmm. um, in terms of how does this, how does this core purpose written out? How do how does it, how is it fleshed out? So, um, you know, if some of these questions are things like this, if you could define what your core purpose is, what would it be? Um, why is it important to know your purpose? Where do you start with defining what your core purpose is? Mm-hmm. What's included in your purpose? Um, those are all some questions that that I had going into this exercise and that can get you started yeah and those are some questions that can help get you started Mm -hmm. and for for me why is it i'm going to start with the why is it important to know your purpose well if you aim at nothing you'll hit it it every every time time. if you aim at nothing you'll hit it every time so with your purpose you need your purpose helps to define your target yeah what your focus is, what's your what's your destination? So your direction determines your destination. Mm-hmm. Your purpose is that um, direction that you are on, and your destination is to glorify God. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. So the direction is your purpose. The destination is God's glory. Mm. Um. So it's important that you know what your purpose is because it is that target. It is that destination. It is that, excuse me, it is that direction that points you to that destination. So where do you start with defining your core purpose? And I think part of that is, is what are you passionate about? Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's people. I love people. Um, I, I, I love being around people. I love talking to people. I love learning from people. I love investing in people. I love nurturing people. That's part of my being self-aware. I'm a nurturer. I love mm-hmm. to nurture people. I love to spend time with people, especially in in one-on-one type settings. That's really where I'm best. Um, I can be in a group or in a crowd, but a lot of times uh, when it comes to talking and things like that, I'm going to be more in a listening seat than I am in a um in a, in a talking seat, I, unless I just have to talk. But with individuals, it's conversational. It's hard to be conversational in a bigger group. Mm-hmm. But in a one-on-one setting, it's very, it's very conversational, very relational, highly intentional. And it is um, uh, what I'm passionate about. I love investing in and nurturing people. Yeah, you told me to think 
you know, what motivates you, what brings you joy. Yeah, what brings you joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I started thinking about that, um, I started thinking, okay, well, what's included in my core purpose? Mm-hmm. What, what, are the, what are the key elements of your core purpose? And I think the first thing is you got to start with the end in mind. You got to start with the end in mind. So if we think about life, what is the end? Death. Death. So I wrote out a eulogy. Really? I did. In a journal? Uh-huh. I and I read it. I wrote out a eulogy. And the eulogy helps to define your why. Hmm. And because it, 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 you know that the end of life is coming. Mm-hmm. And at 51 mm-hmm. years old, if I die, let's say at 85, Okay, my grandmother was right at 85 when she passed away. Mm -hmm. If I live as long as my grandmother did, then I basically have 34 more years to live. How am I going to live that 34 years? Hmm. How am I going to flesh that out? What am I going to do in 34 years? What's the impact? What? How do I invest in and nurture people? How do I do that? And so I wrote out a eulogy and... The thing with the eulogy is it, it, you know, and I don't, I'm not trying to be morbid there, not trying to be, you know, weird about all that, but you, when in your planning, you have to think about the end in mind and you have to think about what you, this life is only going to be lived for a short period of time. And there's no guarantee I'm going to make it through the end of this day. Right. So whether if I die today or die in 34 years, what is the end that I have in mind? So the next one is know thyself, be self-aware. The personality assessments that I was referring to, yes. um, understanding what brings you joy and energy, knowing, you know, if for me, you know, I'm, if you want to talk Enneagram stuff, I'm a nine. So I tend to uh, see both sides of mm-hmm. issues and I tend to be that peacemaker in a, in a relationship. I'm more of that peacemaker. Other people, uh, you know, in, in, I've taken multiple personality assessments. Uh, one is the working genius. That's more of a working that's a productivity assessment than it is a personality assessment, but it takes into account your personality. And what finds me joy is in the wonder stage the of dreaming and living in that 30,000 foot view. But then the other part is the enablement uh, part where I love to come alongside people and help them finish what their tasks are and providing support and encouragement along the way for them to do what they are responsible to do. So part is just knowing how you're gifted. How you're gifted. Know your gift, know your personality, understand who you are. Yeah. And don't try to live outside of that lane. If you try to to live outside of that lane. You're going to get frustrated. Very. In a hurry. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, Another part of your purpose is what's your action? What do you do? Hmm. You know, what, what is it that you do? And then another one is who's the object of your action? Mm-hmm. Who is it? And then the other part is define your measurement. 
how do you how do you define success in your in your purpose statement? Um, how do you know you're fulfilling that purpose statement? So here's here is my mm-hmm. core purpose. Yeah, share yours with me. My core purpose is to invest in and nurture others to live life to the fullest through leadership, faith, and generosity. And when you look at when you look at that, my action is to invest in and nurture others. Mm-hmm. Invest in and nurture. That's who I am. I'm an investor and an, and a nurturer in the lives of people. The second part of that is who's the object of the investment and the nurturing. Well, in others. my purpose statement is others. Uh-huh. But I think it's important that you take your that others mm-hmm. and narrow that down to determine okay who gets your yes because if everybody gets your yes then other people there are other people it can't be all other people yeah there are other people that are probably uh, a little more important say family that mm-hmm. are not getting your yes and you don't have enough time for them so understanding that if the object of your actions is other people make sure that you have others clearly defined who is getting your yes mm-hmm. and be very specific about that. Be very intentional about that. So in this stage of life for us with where we're at, the people that are getting my yes. Okay. And I'm still defining this cause I don't want it to be everybody. Mm-hmm. It can't be everybody because mm-hmm. that's impossible. I don't have that capacity, but the people that are getting my yes are my family period number one mm-hmm. they get they're gonna get my yes mm-hmm. especially with where we're at today with your uh your eyesight mm-hmm. what we're walking through there with um lizzie being the last one out of the house you know one more year she's off to college uh family we got you know, parents that are now living with us, we're at a stage of life where the people that need to get my yes is this. Now, now that should be a given. Yeah, family should always get your yes. Absolutely. But I think there just comes a time when it's like, okay, there are some things that are going to change in your work schedule. There are some things that are going to change in what you've normally done in life, whether if it's volunteering at at an organization or you name it, that may have to go away. I was going to say, wouldn't you say that in seasons Mm -hmm. there might be some fluctuation Mm -hmm. with, Mm -hmm. with your others? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I'm just saying this is where I'm at. Right. In this point right yeah. now, yes. The second group that gets my yes is my church. Mm-hmm. They get my yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know where we are as a church. And now even that's limited in terms of what I'm able to do and can do. But for the most part, if one of our pastors calls and hey is this something that you think you can do 
most likely it's going to be a yes. I'm going to do my best to get that done and be a part of whatever there is that they're asking me to do. And if I can't do it, I'll just say, hey, I can't do that this time. But they are going to get, my church is going to get my yes. Uh, and then there's my staff, mm. you know, the people that uh, I get to work with and invest in. They're going to get my yes. My staff is going to get my yes. Um, so that way I know who gets my yes so that I know how to say no to other people. And as a people pleaser, that's hard because I want to say yes to everybody, but I can't, I can't do it. So others are the object of my investing in and nurturing others to live life to the fullest. Um, that is the measurement of my purpose. The measurement of my purpose is that I want people to experience life, a resurrected life, like those people that came yeah. out of the tomb when Jesus came yes. back from the dead, that kind of life. That's a full life. And to be able to talk about, hey, I once was dead, but now I'm li- I'm alive. I mean, we saw a testimony on the video at church on on Friday night mm-hmm. at our Easter service. The guy that was talking and sharing his testimony, you know, as raw as that testimony was, his statement was, I'm alive. Mm. I'm more alive. Today than ever. And so life mm-hmm. is life is the ultimate measurement. And are people, because of my investment in and nurturing them, are they truly living or am I squelching life out of them? Part of it. Um, and then the avenues in which that life is lived out in leadership, faith, and generosity, that's, you know, I, I think people, I believe people are leaders. I believe they can... Uh, lead up, lead well, and I want to help people to do that. Um, in faith, faith is not easy. It is hard, especially when you're going through hard things and hard times. Uh, it's really easy to doubt. It's really easy to uh, give up. Um, but, man, this is an opportunity to really step out step and step into some areas of faith that God's leading us in. And then in generosity, and God demonstrated that, and what a great way to practice your faith um, in in being generous uh, with what God's blessed you with. So my my core purpose is to invest in and nurture others to live life to the fullest through leadership, faith, and generosity, period. That's my core purpose. That's good. And that helps me to know what I'm going to say yes to and what I'm going to say no to. If I can't do my core purpose inside of something, then I don't need to do it. Yeah, I think that's just a good, like, plumb line that if 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 we would write these out, if we would write out our core purpose, how am I specifically every day, my mission in glorifying God, how am I going to do it? I think that, yeah, it gives you the plumb line to say when you're asked to do something or when you're thinking of a job change or whatever it might be, 
to be involved in something, you go back and you say, am I able to accomplish my core purpose in and through whatever it is, this job, this relationship, this volunteering, this whatever? Am I able to accomplish my core purpose? And if you are, then that gives you focus. And I think that's so important. You and I had talked about um, examples from the Bible. I was I was talking to you in, in my study. I've been studying King Saul and then King David mm-hmm. and just how to me those two men and their lives are the opposites of understanding their core their core purpose and having that focus. Saul was chosen just like David. They were both anointed. They were chosen by the Lord. Scripture tells specifically that the Spirit of the Lord came upon both of them. But yet, Saul lost sight of his purpose. Saul let others, naysayers, um, he let pride uh, come in. He he let distraction from wanting accolades and power and um, you know popularity. He let that cloud, and and I think completely just lost focus of what his purpose was. That he was to be the first king of God's chosen people. And how special that was. And God said, I will be with you. You just have to follow me. Mm-hmm. You have to understand your purpose is because I'm giving this to you. And and I want to use you. And he just, to me, by the end of his life, he's completely off the deep end. Completely. Completely. Like into witchcraft. Contrasted with David, chosen anointed, just a regular human being. I mean, there was nothing super special about either one of these. But yet, it says David was a man after God's own heart. And David, I believe, and you read just the story in Samuel and Kings, but then you read the Psalms that David wrote and how he maintained his focus on his purpose. That it wasn't David. It wasn't him. It was my hope is in the Lord. He's my refuge. He's my strength. Just completely different than Saul. Mm-hmm. Completely. So I think those are good examples to see the importance of knowing your core purpose, keeping it before you, and walking in that daily. Yeah, that's a great example from the scripture mm. and knowing those two. And even when David screwed up. Because he did. Yeah, even when David screwed up, but it the, was a return yes, to. Every single time Saul continued the opposite direction of the Lord, mm-hmm. never coming back in repentance and and accepting restoration. He just kept trying to figure it out on his own. David repented mm-hmm. and came back to the Lord. Yeah, Saul's core purpose was himself. It was. He really, yeah, I mean, and there was this one passage I was reading, and he was like, 
No one's even helping me search for David, which meant he wasn't even doing his kingly duties like he was supposed to because he was completely consumed with going to find David, who's hiding from Saul. And that's all he's doing. He's spending all the time and energy and resources of the kingdom and his men making them chase down David. And he said, but he's had this pity party. And yeah, it was all about self. All about self. Mm -hmm. Very sad. And I would say this. Very sad. If the object of your purpose Mm -hmm. is yourself, Mm. you need to check your ego at the door. Yeah. Might want to. The object of your purpose needs to be on other people. Yes. Yes. How is how is it that you are impacting others? Mm -hmm. That's the key. It cannot be focused on you. No. I mean that's the point again of that we're here on earth to glorify him to bring others into the kingdom. Mm -hmm. I mean I'm saved and secure at the moment of salvation. He could take me, but yet he leaves us, yes, to use our stories, to use us. So do you have a core purpose? Yes. I. I you, you had challenged me back, and I've been working on mine. You want to hear what it is thus yeah, far? Yeah, I want to hear it. I mean, maybe it's something. I was going to ask you this. Is it something that... You kind of tweaked and developed. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. This is not something. So I don't that, have to like set it in stone. No, this is okay. not something that you do at, at, in one sitting. Now, maybe you could, but it is a process. Yeah. And you want to refine it. Yeah. I'm mulling you over. You want to refine yeah. it. Yeah. And the eulogy part really helps to mm-hmm. refine it. Yeah. That was something different. I didn't really know that till you shared that the other day with me. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to hear what my eulogy is? You want to hear it? Well, I said I would like to read it. Yeah. Um, well, it's short. But I was going to do my purpose, my core purpose. I was going to share with you what. Oh, your eulogy is short. It's short. Here lies. <laughs> That's a read love. Okay. It's really short. Oh, okay, go ahead. My eulogy will not, will not, nor should not be about me. Because as Rick Warren said in the first line of his book, 40 Days of Purpose, Mm -hmm. it's not about you. My eulogy will be about Jesus and the transformative work he has done in my life. Therefore, at the end of my life, the only thing I want said about me is this. He pleased the Lord by investing in and nurturing others to live life to the fullest through leadership, generosity, and faith. Is there anything more important than this? I like that. That's it. And the thing about the eulogy is that it creates a filter to help uh-huh. make better decisions. Uh-huh. Um, it mm-hmm. is, uh, it defines your role. And and also a good eulogy helps to discover um, narrative traction. This is something I read about What's uh, that? in a book um, uh, recently. Um, it, narrative traction contributes to the solutions in people's lives. So Mm. my narrative traction would be investing and nurturing in others to help them live life to the fullest. So the solution is helping, uh, how do I help people live life to the fullest? I do that through investing in them and nurturing them to do that. So that's the narrative traction. 
along those lines. Anyway, so, all right. Okay. So there's my eulogy. Mm -hmm. It's already written out for you. Great. Yeah, it'll be a very, very short funeral. Can you print it or? It'll be a very short funeral. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not to be morbid. Short funeral, I get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that was a short joke. You made it, it on yourself. A, it won't be a you long made it casket. On yourself. No. It'll be a short one. Okay. Might be a kid's one. Okay. Anyway. All right. What's your purpose? Okay. This is what I have so far. Yep. Um, nurturing relationships to spur others along in life and godliness. That's good. Thank you. That's really good. Yeah. Nurturing others along. Mm-hmm. What was that? what was the next part? Uh foster relationships. Okay. Like to foster relationships to spur to spur others along in life and godliness. In life and godliness. That's really good. And scripture says that he gives us all we need for life and godliness. Yep. So I want to point them to him. That's good. Spur. And I love that word. Mm -hmm. yeah. Why do you like that word spur? Um, because it has the connotation. Well, That's painful. What it is that, yeah, it kind of sticks you, but but you can do it in a way. I mean, God's word sticks us sure. and should get us and grab us or mm -hmm. get our attention. But there's a way you can do that with people, I think. Yep. With grace and compassion. Mercy. But speak truth. <laughs> so there's my exhortation. That's yeah, really good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I like that. Thank you. Now you got to write it I down. I like it too. Got to write it down. If you haven't written it down already, you got to write it down. And then you got to make sure that you review your purpose every day before uh -huh. you look at your phone. Yes. You did tell me that. Mm -hmm. I like and that. And that's the question that you asked. Do I review my purpose? Maybe I can get it on a mixed tile. You could. Okay. Yeah. Do you review your purpose uh, every day uh, first, or do you look at your phone first? Well, I don't look at my phone. No, so. you don't. But <laughs> you can review your purpose. Yes. And yes. Every Absolutely. single day. And the more you review it, the more you will refine mm -hmm. it, and the more it serves as a target and a focus for your life for that day. I like that. So, so we want to encourage those of you listening, ponder over writing out, formulating, and yeah, writing out your core purpose under the umbrella of glorifying God. How are you going to flesh that out every day in all the avenues of your life? How are you going to do it? What's your core purpose? And if we can help you with that. We will yeah. be more than happy to help mm -hmm. you do that. Lisa will spur you. I will nurture you. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd love to hear it if when you come up with yours. Yes, that would be Share really it. good. That's encouraging to others. Yeah. Yeah. Anything right. else, Lisa? Nope. I think that's a wrap. Okay. Well, folks, we certainly appreciate you guys. We hope that you have a great week this week. And again, happy Easter. Uh, to each of you we love you we're grateful for you and uh, we look forward to being with you again next week until then just remember this two, two are, are better than one and a cord of three strands, strands is not easily broken, broken.